What's up, guys? I'm glad you're here. My name is Drake, and you're listening to the Double Click Podcast by Holy Hill Media. Today, I'm joined with Adam Tracy, owner of Southside Cabin Fever in Defiance, Ohio, and owner of a second location, Northwest State Community College Cabin Fever in Archbold, Ohio. In this conversation, we talk about doing business with family. We talk about the growing pains of a scaling company. We talk about the need for financial competency and understanding how your books work and how, where your cash flow is moving. And uh, we also talk about his family. He and his wife parent eight children, two biological and six adopted kids. Awesome story. Comes from an awesome family check it out. And if you could subscribe, review, and let us know what you think about the Double Click Podcast. Today, I'm joined with Adam Tracy, owner of Southside Cabin Fever. Man, one of the memories that I have of you was at Bloomfield Barbershop downtown about a year ago. Yeah, I was getting cut and you, I think you were already in the chair. And one, one way or another, we started talking about business, man. And I realized that day that you are pass, passionate about business and business leadership. Yeah. Where'd that come from? I've always been in leadership roles throughout my whole life. Um, right out of high school, I started working my way up through a factory, became supervisor, one of the fastest growing, moving into supervision that they had had yet. And at... I think 19 years old, I was a supervisor and, and leader of an entire shift of wow. 100 people. 19? At 19, yeah. Wow. And I always you know, was captain of my teams. Just leadership has been something that we've dealt with through our whole lives. I really became passionate about business when I decided I wanted to go to school for business management. But I didn't go until later. I, I actually decided... I wasn't going to go into uh, business management until about 27, 28. Okay. And then I went into business management, but I didn't go into it for my certificate or for my, my degree. I actually didn't even finish and get my degree. I have I one <laughs> one credit hour. And, what? Yeah. <laughs> did you purposely stop so you I could did. say? <laughs> I did. My wife hounds me about this all the time. She's like, just go get your credit hour. She's like, take, take Spanish. I'll take it for you. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. I went to learn um, about things that I had to learn before I started doing business because there are some things uh, that we just need to know. Yeah. I had a one lady who came up to me and she runs uh, a kind of a big franchise. She's a manager over or twelve different franchises, and she's like, I want to go back to school to learn things and to do things. And, I, and she's like, Well, what do you do? You suggest it? I said, No. I said, mm. I suggest you getting classes that you need. Mm. But like comp, doing what we do, I don't need to know English. <laughs> I'm not writing any papers. Right. You know what I mean? But right. business accounting, man, yeah. I needed to know that. Yeah. Um, and so I just said, I don't really necessarily agree with the degree part of it, but you got to learn. Yeah. You got to learn. Because some of that stuff that, you know, the comp things, the things like that, you just write, read a book. Right. Go read a book. Right. You know, and that's something that I'm always doing, constantly reading how I can do this better and stuff. But there are different things that you cannot learn outside of college. Yeah. You know, so you have to be willing to take those classes and yeah. stuff like that. Business finance is one that I knew yeah. that... Now, okay, I'll tell you this. I didn't know when I was going to school because I went to school for psychology, autism studies. But fast forward to date, 2023... 
I'm like, if I would have went to school for anything, it should have been business finance, yeah. like j- purely. Yeah. I don't need business management education. I just want business finance education because yeah. everything revolves around the cash flow. Well, and, and like that's for me is the accounting, the finances. Those things are huge because yeah. like I don't do my own accounting. I have an accountant. Yes. Yeah, but at the same time, I need to know where my debits and credits are going, yep. what my cash flow is, yep. how I'm working that. Yep. If you don't know where your money is, then you ain't running a good business. Right. You're going out soon. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right. Because costs are, are, you know, it's all about where you're, what are you putting your costs in and yeah. how that works. Yeah. So. so when you were approaching the decision to go to business, like you were talking, you know, you, you, you said you referred to this as a business owner and more or less you don't necessarily recommend just going to get a business degree if you're going right. to business take the classes that are relevant to what you need for this career path right but what when you were deciding to go to school what was that thing that i guess pushed you to entrepreneurship was it just your previous experience in leadership what what was that thing or was there a moment i i okay i'll be honest with you I hate having a boss. Okay, word. I'm I'm Understood. not a, I'm not good at having a boss. I, I one of the best things that that is for me is is to be my boss, be the guy. Yeah. I, I got to be the guy, and it's I'm a good employee. I'm a great employee, but I'm just not a good at having a boss. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've worked with my family pretty much my whole life, and. Uh, We've made it work. We've done really well together, but working with family is hard. If you yeah. can work with family, you can work with anyone. That's right. But I decided that I, I did not want to have a boss anymore. Yeah. And now I do. My wife, <laughs> she's my boss. She's your forever boss, man. That's right. 23 years, yeah. you know. But it's amazing. Yeah, we just, I just decided that I just didn't want to have a boss anymore. I wanted to do my thing. I wanted to make the money. I wanted to be the guy that says, I am in control of my fate. Yeah. Whether I succeed or whether I fail, yeah. it doesn't depend on anyone else. It depends on what we do as a family. Yeah. And so, you know, my wife was all in on that. You know, we've always just kind of worked for ourselves. I ran a nonprofit for quite a few years, mm-hmm. you know as the director but i always had a board to answer to and and things like that now with the organization or with the company i mean we we kind of do what we want to do and how we want to do it i still have um my sister owns the downtown and so we still work together as a family and i actually own another store in northwest state yeah community college and for those who don't know this is the cabin fever brand there's a location downtown defiance Correct. south side defiance by the right. high school and then one at northwest community college right Northwest state and you own two of them two I of own, three correct i own right. two of the three my sister owns the other one actually my wife and i are partners gotcha because we do everything half and half so yeah. she's 50 percent. gotcha and so anyway we still have input together, Jen and I, and we always talk about everything um, of what we, and I, I would say this, don't ever go in business with someone that you can't get along with. Mm. I mean, my sister and I get along and have always gotten along really well when it comes to business. You know, obviously we have our disagreements, yeah, but we always do really well together yeah and know that ahead of time you know if you don't like a person outside of going to business with them you are going to hate them hundred percent i mean it's just the way that works so we always talk about it she's not really a boss i'm not a boss we are partners yeah and that's the way we got to look at it yeah and so it goes really well with that um that model 
but yeah, I just I just don't like being a having a boss. <laughs> you know what you, I'm man. saying? Yeah, I, just, I, I completely understand what yeah. you're saying. Completely. Yeah, man. When you when you talk about not having a boss, I think it's funny because so many people, um, and I and I say the same thing, and so many people are like, well you don't know how to follow. You don't know how to decide. Like, is it your pride? And I'm like, to be honest with you, it's none of that. It's not that I don't mind following somebody. Right. It's that I'm going to have more ideas than you're going to want to handle if, as right. my boss. Right. I'm going to be moving a little bit faster than you're going to want to handle as my boss. Right. And it's just completely, it's just, it's, it's not a, I don't think it's really about the ego and the pride thing. I think it's about, no. this is just how I'm built. I want to move at my own pace in my own direction. You know right. what I'm saying? And Yeah. And I tell you this, I you know, leading and being my own boss, I know what it is to be a good employee. So I want to be a good employee if if someone was to lead that, yeah. and so that that's not even an issue. It's it's just a, I'm moving, yeah, and yeah. And, and I'm moving at the speed that I want to move. Yeah. And last year we put in the new location. Uh, I have people constantly saying, "Hey, you're going to do another one. You're going to do another one." And honestly, I don't know. Yeah. I'm always about building. Yeah. I'm always about moving forward, yeah. but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if people really understand how much it takes to go do something else, to do another yeah. one. Like, yeah. it just gets insane, you know? Yeah. So now that I I do one location, now I have two locations, and I'm constantly going back and forth, constantly working on both of them. Yeah. And so your business model has to kind of change when it that happens as you grow, and so I'm learning that right now on what I have to do to adjust, to, to make things work better. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing that's happening right now. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, so it's a transition, right? Transition. And yeah, it's yeah. what you're talking about. Uh, I call them growing pains. The, you know, they're problems, but they're good problems to have. Yeah, they are. You know, you guys are thriving. So in in that same conversation, what's changed, right? From one store to two stores, you have – to adjust because you only have 24 hours in a day. Your wife right. only has 24 hours in a day. Do you have managers in place now? Like what's the, what's been the difference now having a second location? Yeah, the so before I just I just ran the south side. Right. You know, this is what I do. I was there all the time. Now I'm splitting time because I do. I only have 24 hours a day and um, we still have five kids at home. Three of them are out of the house and married and we have grandkids and all that nature, but we still have five kids at home. And so one of the crazy parts about it is, is still keeping time for our kids because our family is our number one. The business is, is very important to us, but without our family, what's the point of the business? Yeah. The business is to help our family grow and yeah. be, be what we need it to be. And so I only have a certain amount of time. What I did is I implemented a manager position over at uh, Northwest State who lives over at Northwest State because that's a 25 minute drive for me. And so that person can really control a lot of it. I still control all the finances because they're my finances. Yeah. Like if it's my money, I want to know where it's going. 100%. And right now, uh, Alyssa and I are, are looking at implementing that managerial role at Southside as well. Cause right now I have that and take it on, but we're kind of looking at different models and growing with that because there has to be a person in charge. Yeah. You know, uh, but the, the, the thing that I always struggle with is, is the person in charge has to be able to run leadership the way I want them to run leadership. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's a cultural I, thing. It's a cultural thing, yeah. you know? And yeah. so it's really hard to find that leadership, that managerial thing that, that I feel confident with yeah. and comfortable with. 
especially when they're dealing with all of my money and all of my investments and stuff like and that. And henceforth your family and, and my their family. well-being. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because my family is is a big deal. Yeah, 100%. You know? So we are looking at, at kind of adjusting a little bit. Okay. Um, we do have a manager at Northwest State, um, but I've known her for so long, and she's it was just an obvious thing. And, you know, if one of my kids wanted to step up to that, I would work with that and see how it goes. I kind of went through the idea that I don't really want my kids working for me anymore. <laughs> yeah. They work so well with other people. Yeah. And I work so well with other people. When you add family in, it's just like the house becomes the work. The work yeah. becomes the house. Can't separate them. And it gets tough, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, if that happens, we I don't know, but. They're all out and gone and doing other things, and they're not even close. Let's talk about your kids for a second, and then we'll, right. we'll peel back, man. You've got a lot of kids. Yeah. But you've got a unique story. We do. Let's let's talk about that for a second, because you have five at home, but you've got three, three that out are house. out of the house as well. Two are married. Yep. We have one grandbaby on the way. Mm-hmm. We have actually Congrats, a grandbaby. by the way. I saw Thank it on you. Facebook. Um, we have a grandbaby by our one son who is not married. Mm-hmm. And he's live the baby's living with us right now. Okay, and uh, so we actually have six kids. Six kids, yeah. Uh, one of them's our grandbaby, and we like him better than all the other kids. <laughs> he's cute. We have two biological kids. Those are two of our older ones, and then we have six adopted kids. Um, five of them are a sibling group, and then one is is not part of the sibling group. But um, we were foster parents and adoptive parents for years uh, because we just absolutely believe that. Uh, we could do more in helping the community. And uh, so we have adopted these other, uh, the other six kids and we don't really call them adopted kids. They're our kids because we made a commitment and there's a lot of medical issues, a lot of uh, handicaps, um, things that we've dealt with and are dealing with constantly. We go to Cleveland a lot. We have one, our youngest has something called neurofibromatosis, where she has uh, neurofibromas, which are tumors throughout the whole body. Mm. Um, She has one right now that is growing out of control, and we're trying to work through that. But we go uh, to Cleveland a lot, make sure they don't go cancerous. Right Mm. now, one is growing, and they they believe it is going cancerous. So we're kind of trying to work through that. Yeah. But... We have mental disabilities and uh, 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 fetal alcohol syndrome and a couple of them, ADHD, which people say, ADHD, that's not real. Man, I'm telling you. <laughs> come to my house I on a come Saturday to my evening. House, dude. <laughs> it is like, oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> All hyped up on Mountain Dew. Oh, huh? dude, it's rough. So, but i tell you what, we've made the commitment and – you know, we go through some things with these kids, with our kids, and but I'm never going to give up on them. Yeah, you know, on. neither is Alyssa. We're we're here for until we're not here anymore. Yeah, you know, so yeah, that's part of the commitment of of our business too is saying, hey, we're not giving up. You know, yeah. If you don't have, if you're not all in, then you're not in. Yeah, you know, and right now with all the things we're all in on everything we do, we're all in. Yeah, that's so important in business. I think a lot of people, not to to divert, but I think so many people talk about how difficult businesses are, all the like uh, barriers to entry. But yeah. at the end of the day, 
if you can't stand stand 10 toes on a decision and you can't say no matter what problem there is i'm not afraid of failure because i'm just going to figure out no matter what problem is the table then don't get into business yeah it's too rough there's too many hours you don't get enough sleep you stress too much there's too much there's too much to do and stress about to not have 10 toes in the ground with that decision well and i kind of made a philosophy that i try not to step back i step to the side Mm. you know like uh, if that's good i don't want to step backwards i want to step to the side i want to adjust you know keep moving forward we don't want to move backwards so you know obviously there are times where that philosophy is not going to work but i always say Let's step to the side. Let's change this. Let's adjust this. And then when we adjust that, usually we can see a a problem that we didn't see before. Mm. We can um, fix a problem that we didn't have a a solution for. Yeah. If we just adjust what we're doing and keep moving forward. Yeah. And and when you say uh, step to the side, what you mean by that is slow down, assess the situation, come up with a solution, and then act on it. Right, right, right. Gotcha. that's the very smart way of saying it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just putting yeah, words to yeah. it, but I love the quote, man. Are your kids in the shop a lot? Are they grown up in the coffee shop? Oh, man, they're there all the time. That's awesome. All of our customers know who they are, yeah. our baristas. When they come in, they know what their favorite drinks yeah. are, you know. And and it, our kids come into the cabin, and they love, you know, they, they, they love being there. And that's what we want, you know. Um, I know a lot of kids who've grown up with – parents that are business owners and they're like i hated that store i, I don't yeah. want to go back here ever again yeah and uh i don't i don't want that to be with our kids i want them to say man i love cabin fever yeah. you know my son and my daughter-in-law come back from florida which they were just back and we did the baby shower and stuff they're like man i can't wait to get a drink from cabin you know what i mean <laughs> they and, miss it yeah. yeah and that's that's the thing that i love and they yeah. we sat there and, and just talked for a long time a couple times and they're just like, I love this atmosphere. I yeah. love what we're doing here. It's so family. You man. Know. Well, well, good job to you for making that environment, man, because it's really easy that I've seen parents that have kids in a business situation that really screw that up. They make it really crappy. It's like, while you're here, you're working like a dog. I'm not in a good mood. Yeah. Don't talk to me. Stay in the corner. You know what I mean? Right. And then and then all the problems that the, the parents have, the kids just say, well, it's it's that building yeah. and they associate those problems with that right. building. You know what I mean? Well, and that's part of why I don't want them to work there. You know, yeah. that's a part of it is I want them to, to come in and still enjoy it. Like I'll work there. This is my, this is my job. Yeah. This is our livelihood, but I don't want you to necessarily come in and feel that pain. Yeah. I want you to come in and enjoy it. This yeah. is part of what we do, yeah. you know? And, and when we leave, it's, it's still fun. Yeah. You know, it's still an enjoyment. So that's, 100%. that's part of that. Why I don't know if I want them to work for me. That's smart, man. Uh, you're very intentional about these things, these decisions. It sounds like you, you, you and your wife have a lot of these conversations, just intentionally about like family involvement, management, all these decisions. Or- yeah, every everything that I do, every move we make, we make it together. She knows I don't make moves without her. Yeah, um, she's like my little conscience, mm-hmm. you know, little Jiminy Cricket yep. sitting on my, <laughs> you know. And a lot of people with our social media, she does all of that. She does all of our marketing, all mm-hmm. of our social media. She's super good at that. But mm-hmm. when it comes to talking to people, she's not that person. She's quiet. Yeah. yeah. I'm the guy that's out in front being yeah. like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know, I know everyone yeah. in the community, everybody around, you know, and she's everybody knows her, but they don't really talk to her because she's not much of a like a conversational. She has a lot of people that, you know, she's a part of. But right. She is my steadfast, mm. you know, she's the one that 
holds my arms up, you yeah. know, and is like, hey, I, I need opinions on this. And, you know, she went to school for business administration and marketing, mm. but some of her wisdom is just the years that we've done this together is, hey, we need to look at this. We need yeah. to do this. And that has helped me make the right decisions. Mm. You know, um, it's also we've made some wrong decisions together. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we're doing it together. Go without it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's my she's the one. That's awesome, man. I feel the same way about my wife, and I guess I didn't even realize that our relationship is actually exponentially better because of the business, the, yeah. both the businesses, because it forces intentionality. That's right. And it forces collaboration and, and mutual respect, uh, which is super cool, man. I I want to based on what you guys have built, the environment that you have, the culture you have, even internally with your team, how would you explain Cabin Fever to the to the public? Even if it's somebody that might not know Cabin or somebody who is local and is aware of Cabin Fever? Well, a lot of people in the community would say I'm the biggest drug dealer in Defiance, Ohio, because <laughs> we sell illegal addictive stimulants. But I would say that um, the whole idea of Cabin Fever is to come in and and be part of the community. Come in and be part of, of something bigger. Don't uh, don't think that you're just not part of something bigger in, in defiance, you know. We serve coffee, we serve drinks, but we serve an opportunity to, to sit down with somebody. We serve an opportunity to uh, get to know people better. That's what we want, yeah. you know. it's And we try and keep our prices lower than Starbucks and Big B and all that stuff because what we believe is it's not necessarily all about the money. It's about the community. We want people to be able to come in and sit across from each other and have a cup of coffee together and not be like, whoa, I just spent $97 on a... And, but we also want the highest quality we can get. Yeah. You know, uh, the beans are all rated. I don't know if you know this about coffee, but coffee beans are all rated Ours are at the highest rating you can possibly get because we feel like our we want the best yeah. um, at all times. Yeah, you know, so you know, whenever you're getting a coffee from us, it's it's the highest quality you can get. Yeah. You know, it's out of a hundred, and ours are always ninety nine or a hundred. That's awesome. And so that's why we we feel like our quality is really high. Our atmosphere is really good, yeah. and you know, people come in and. They don't. We have dead animals on the walls because we're a cabin. <laughs> a cabin, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And people don't always get that, and they don't always like that, you know. Uh, but at the same time, they're like, "I love the feel." Yeah. And I don't know if the feel is because of the atmosphere, or the feel is because of our community who enjoys themselves there. Yeah. I couldn't really answer that or put my th finger on it, but I know that people are like, oh, "I don't really like the dead animals," but man, I love being here. Yeah. It's just like that's the community we want. Yeah. And it's funny because I have friends that have visited uh, Defiance that don't live here. They don't even live in state. Yeah. And then I've got friends that I've grown up with here in Defiance, and they both say the exact same thing. It's like the coffee's great, the environment's great. Yeah. And it's just those two things. Well, the coffee's good, first of all, otherwise yeah. they wouldn't come back, right? right You're not right. going to be pulling that kind of crowd with McDonald's coffee. Right. But it's always like it's, it feels good to be in there. It yeah. feels good. There's something about the environment, the way that you guys treat your 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 customers, the the quality of the products that you guys have. It's it's almost like a, it's 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 an experience. It's fun. 
It's yeah. not just coffee. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because you guys got the booth. You've got, you know, it's funny. You'll have high school kids working on their projects, but then you have a business meeting at the other right. table. Then you'll have kids right. playing in the corner. It's just such a diverse crowd, and I feel like everybody can find a place at where you, what you guys have yeah. built in. Yeah, and we, at Southside, we decided we wanted to be close to the school to give kids something to do. And after school, man, it's, it's nuts, heinous. bro. <laughs> I mean, Friday, Fridays, football Fridays, especially. There's yeah. 150 kids in there. That's man. insane, and and it gets crazy. But it gives them a safe place to go, yeah. and a fun place to go. Yeah, and, and uh, the parents can trust that that's yeah, a good place for them. Yeah, and you know we've had some things happen, obviously with kids. Will be kids. Gonna have stuff happen. Yep, man. It's it's just been all in all, it's been a great experience adding that location. We added it in 2018. Yep. So it's been around for a little bit. Yeah. So. So the Cabin Fever brand has been around for a long time. I I'm, I might misquote this, so tell me if I'm wrong, but your dad ended up uh, buying the cabin from the original owner back in two, early 2000. Is that how it No, went? no. Uh, the original owner was Lisa Spiker. She created right. it. Right. Um, and then the church. Oh, that's right. The FCC church. Okay. bought it from Lisa and I actually helped broker that deal. Oh cool. Cuz Lisa came to me cuz I came in and drank coffee all the time. She's like, "Hey, why don't you buy this?" I was going through school. I was like, "I can't buy this right now." Right, you know what right, I mean? Right. I'm just not in the place <laughs> right. where I could buy this. Um I took it to dad and, and the church actually wanted a, a coffee shop where the people could come in and do stuff and be community part of the community. Place. Yeah. And then dad bought it from the church when he retired from being a pastor. And then my sister and I bought it from him mm-hmm. in 2020, which was a great purchase, by the way. Yeah, in 2020. January, <laughs> January of 2020. Right before the world shut down? Yeah, it was awesome. I we, might have been your only client for a while. Yeah. Man. I was upstairs. You know? Oh, man, we bought we bought it, and it was just like, uh, <laughs> we got to shut everything down, yeah, man. Yeah. So that was that was interesting. But, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the way that's worked. And it's just kind of evolved for the different owners but it's always stayed very community oriented very people oriented yeah yeah it's it's cool though because now that your sister owns one you own one your kids have worked with you before and that's all really a lot of that stemming from the leadership that your dad has exemplified yeah let's talk a little bit about t tim and pt that's my guy right there i love pt yeah um you know, my dad is one of my heroes. You know, he's he's always done the hard things in life. And uh, it's really been, that's been the leadership that has gotten us into adoption, that's gotten us into foster care, that's gotten us into working with people, working with communities, seeing a vision that's bigger than ourselves. Yeah. And that's really the thing is is seeing a vision that's bigger than just us working yeah. and going to work and paying our bills like our vision has grown and is huge because it's constantly you know something that he's always said hey look outside yeah you know and that's that's a big deal to yeah me. yeah yeah so, it's bigger it's a bigger it's big. vision it's part of something bigger yeah. and i love that you know we man i grew up um going to fcc family christian center and um, everybody was there. It was like all the Tracys and then Sean Vandermark. Yeah. <laughs> you know Sean. I mean? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. He's and still there. He's, he's still there. Is he doing the same thing or has he changed roles? Yeah, no, times? he's still the youth pastor. Youth pastor, yeah. that's what I yeah. thought. So that's what he was when I was going to yeah. back, man. That was like 15, 16 years ago. Yeah, he's never going to change. He's a lifer, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's good people, man. Yeah. 
Well, I've always found it interesting just how people end up falling in entrepreneurship. Is it, you know, something that they saw their parents do? And I would say, although your dad didn't necessarily own a specific business aside from Cabin, there was still entrepreneurialism coming from him, his leadership, the organizational skills, organizational leadership skills, and, and, and so forth. And do you feel that that will transcend into your, the next generation, your kids? Yeah, I, I Cause really Noah's already Noah's already looking for ownership of a coffee shop down yeah. in Florida. Dominic is wanting to head a different path. He's, he's looking into mechanical engineering cool. and aerospace engineering. Oh. Yeah, he's a big nerd. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know... <laughs> We have all sorts of different um, paths and thoughts and, and stuff with with our kids. I I hope that they can one day say I learned this from my dad. I that's that's my only desire, you know, is to pass on my knowledge to them. You know, when you're younger in life, you look at your kids and say, "Man, I want to raise them right." When you're older. You look at them and say, man, I hope they learned, yeah. you know, because they're at the point to where they're still learning, but not at the rate that they were when they were younger. Sure. You know, um, they're on their own now. And yeah. so they're going to school hard knocks like me and my wife did, you know. And so um, our biggest desire is to really just say, I hope you can learn or have taken what we've taught you. Yeah. And our legacy yeah. is kind of coming in more effect now which is crazy because i was like i was never at the age where legacy was going to be a thing you know what i'm saying yeah, and uh now it's just like oh my gosh we're getting to that age where i'm like you know now i'm helping training my grandkids you see your grandpa you know? man yeah. yeah i'm a good looking grandpa though You're you know good looking grandpa you know man you i got a little gray barely though man i might yeah. have as much as you yeah <laughs> and i yeah. ain't even got one kid yet <laughs> No, that's that's cool, man. You know, it's uh, it's kind of funny though because when you think about family business, typically the headliners are the disasters. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're the scandals. They're the things that are just busting from the seams. Like they can't get along. They're beating each other overhead. There was a shovel. It doesn't work uh, because they see each other each other too much. It's it's like the, the sibling rivalry, whatever yeah. the case might be. Business brings out a different side of people, even if you've known them your whole life. Yeah. Unless you're very intentional about sidestepping the problem, identifying it as separate than you and the person, and seeing the problem as what it is, separate. You see what I'm saying? Is there any sort of practice or thought you could have for that? One of the things that I just had this conversation with my my one daughter-in-law and my son. I said, because they just got married, my son Dominic, and they just got married, and I said, listen... She got upset about him leaving his socks on the floor. And I said, listen, you're going to have times where when you get annoyed with stuff when you're dating, it amplifies 10%, you know, 100%, 150% when you're married because you're living together. You're seeing it all the time. You know, that stuff doesn't matter. And that's what I look at with business is we get so wrapped up in the little things that say, this annoys me, but it, it doesn't matter. Look at the big picture of what you're trying to accomplish and not let the little foxes spoil the vine because what you're trying to accomplish is a bigger picture. And your socks on the floor is annoying. Yes, I get it. We'll address that one day, maybe. But who cares about the socks on the floor? My relationship with my family has to be part of the bigger picture. My relationship with my employees has to be part of the bigger picture. It's not about the little things of them leaving something open or leaving things. You know, I've had 
I countless employees break my equipment, man. They just, <laughs> and these are not, this is not like little, this is expensive right. equipment, you know. Espresso machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a $10,000 espresso yeah. machine. Yeah. And when it breaks, I'm just like, oh, gosh, dang it. Yeah. But you know what? We can fix that. You can't fix a relationship sometimes when, when you let the little things get in the way. And that's really the, the, the idea that we've come across with our family, especially is like, listen, I'm not going to let this bother me. Uh, you can't let this bother you. We have to have this relationship is the mo most important thing. You know, and I've said that to my family, my kids before, listen, I'll throw this business away for you. Yeah. I don't care. It's not about the business. It's not about that. It's about our relationship. That's right. the most important thing. And then, so I would say prioritizing your, you know, vision for your life, for your family's life. You're prioritizing your mission for that yeah. and, and keeping that sacred yeah and i love that because i think that can be applied to people who don't even have kids yet too yeah, yeah. prioritizing the things that matter protecting the things that matter and not yeah. sweating the things that don't yeah yeah because when something matters a lot to you the rest of it underneath matters a lot less yeah you know what i mean well and i, I always say in two weeks is this gonna matter yeah and if good. it doesn't that's then good. who cares that's you know good. what i mean that's really good i like that you know in two weeks if this doesn't matter in two weeks then why am i spending Let any time at all on this yeah when you when you talk about business leadership and i think so much of this conversation is built around business leadership intentional relationship cultivation you yeah. know relational equity is a lot of, you know a lot of what you're talking about you know some of it's natural to you yeah um some of it's learned from you know pastor tim i still call him pastor tim yeah uh, used to it everybody uh, everybody he's pt for life it, some of it could be from you know the siblings learning from each other helping each other out your wife whatever the case might be but has there been a specific skill or skill set or perspective that you've had to cultivate through a book or a YouTube university? Uh, you know, for example, you, you especially find, you know, business finance, which I want to get back to that in a bit because of how important that is, practically speaking. But has there been a thing that you've had to pick up a book to learn or uh, really sharpen a skill that you might not have had naturally? There's a lot of things that naturally work. I'd say one of the one of the biggest things that I've had to learn is is the letdown. Um, I've had to let a lot of people go and fire people, and just because they can't work for me doesn't mean we can't have a relationship. Yeah, still, and I've I've tried to maintain that idea of of you know letting someone go, but telling them, hey, you know, just because you can't work for me doesn't mean we're not friends. Yeah. It just means you can't work for me. Yeah. And so the HR part of things is huge. Doing things the right way is huge, you know, to where the documentation is important of how, you know, you've had these chances, you've had these opportunities. We take the relationship part out of the business part of it because at that point they see I screwed up, I deserve to be fired. Yeah. Not you don't like me. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's not personal. It's not personal. Yeah. And so that was one of the biggest things that I had to work through and find how do I um, adjust these things to where it's, you know, when I have to let an employee go, it's not personal. Yeah. It's a, you screwed up. Yeah. And because of that, I have to let you go. Right. If I don't let you go, then it shows what I have, you know, it shows the other employees that I'm not going to follow through. Yeah. And so that's one of the biggest things. I had to learn. Yeah, um, leadership has always been something you know that I I've just done. Yeah, 
you know, so that one wasn't a biggest deal as, um, as, as the letdown because what, when someone gets fired, you want to be gentle. I'm not a gentle person. <laughs> I'm just naturally not a gentle person, you know? Um, you know, I, so that, that was kind of one of the biggest things I've had to learn. That's tough, man. I think you hit, you hit on a very practical point that I think I want to reiterate the documentation, the written, first of all, the written expectations yeah. of an employee up front. Yeah. This is what you're accountable to. Do we agree? Right. And then. Well, no, 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 no. It doesn't have to agree. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, right. This, well, yeah, this yeah. is your expectation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm paying you to do this job. Yeah. Here's your expectation. Yeah, agreeing is by accepting the paycheck. That's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, and I have them sign this, our handbook, and sign our stuff. And I, I said, listen, this signature does not say you agree with this handbook. This signature sure. says I'm going to follow this handbook. Yeah, for sure. Because what it is is I don't care if you agree. Mm-hmm. I have a business to run. Mm-hmm. You have to follow the rules of the business mm-hmm. to make this work. And it's clearly spelled out, right? And it's here. clearly spelled out. Spelled out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not hard to follow that yeah. if you actually read it. Right. And so that's uh, – sorry, I stopped you there. But no, you're like, good. No, you're I don't good. Want, it isn't about agreeing. It isn't about agreeing <laughs> because, you, I mean, to, to be honest with you, they don't set the rules. It's your business. That's and right. so on the flip side, too, it's like – it's so funny that everybody wants to consider policies and procedures and they're all bored out and it's all like this like scary thing because they're rules. Like, no, they're just accountability to being a good person. Yeah. 99% of the rules are accountability to just doing a good job and doing what you say you're going to do. Right. That's really it. There's not a ton of complexity here with the rules or process procedures. Um, but the documenting, it's proof that you said, right. I know what I'm, what's expected of me. Right. The flip side a documented strike or whatever the case might be or yeah. whatever, however you do it, it's so important because it's like, I don't have to say anything. You remember this email? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You remember this conversation? And it's so, it's, it's funny you, you talk about that. I've, I've never had to, I've, I've been in three or four management positions uh, prior to Holy Hill and I've never had to fire anyone yet. Really? Oh, man. But, <laughs> I can't count the amount of people I've had to I fire. Bet. <laughs> well, you also have seasonal employees. You've, yeah. It's a lot more complicated because of the first of all the volume. You guys are open six days a week, seven days. Seven a days a week. We're only closed on four days: Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's Day. That's crazy. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Man. But it's uh, you know the whole um, firing, hiring. I've done it my whole life. You know, yeah. I've been in HR and working through you know, letting people go and, you know, my whole life, that's what I've done. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's never fun. It's never fun. My dad had to fire someone, uh, cabin fever, and he asked me to come in and do it. Oh, really? And I didn't didn't even work for cabin fever at that time. He's like, hey, um, I need you help. I'm like, all right, I I guess, guess, you know. (laughs) You you owed him one, right? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel you, man. So let me ask you about this, man, because this is the cool part about business. It's when we start getting into the firm structure of business. I want to respect your time, too. So we got about five, ten minutes. But when we talk about, you know, structuring a business, cementing the rules, having the documents, process, procedures, all these things, all of this is part of a bigger picture. And the systems are truly just to uh, insulate financial security. Yeah. And elevate the business like that. Right. They're 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 made to assist the business in growth essentially. So when we talk about that, we talk about the intentionality of the planning, the documents, and stuff like that. 
and we talk about finances. This is something that you came to early on, and I want to talk about this again because I feel like a lot of young uh, startups, business owners, entrepreneurs in general, they underestimate the necessity for financial competency, understanding how money moves, why it's important, and honestly, that cash flow is your biggest. That's that's the biggest thing that you need to be focusing on. Yeah. Talk to me about your. So let's let's be real. The number one thing to owning a business is making money. Yep. I mean, like we could talk about culture. We could talk about, um, you know, our vision of what the business is, what we want to sell, how much product. But the whole point of it is to make money to yeah. live. Yep. I mean, that's number one. And so, making your money work for you is is huge. How you use your money um, to make money is 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 a big deal. But yeah. Here's the big thing is is just going down to the basics of most people start this up and don't even have a business plan. Yeah. They don't even have a budget. Yeah. They don't even know how much it's gonna start, you know, cost to start it up. You know, um, I have a lot of people who come to me and say, Hey Adam, guide me, lead me through this. How do you do this? And I first thing is is I say, How much money you got? If you don't have starting capital, it's gonna be really hard to do. Yeah. But say, okay, I have $50,000, where, what am I going to do with my $50,000 to start making money? Right. You know, one of the things that I look at is if I have $50,000 and I say, I'm going to make money on this $50,000. Well, first of all, I have to know how long is it going to take me to get my $50,000 back? Yep. Because after that, that's where I'm making profit. Yep. If I don't have an idea of my ROI, my return on investment, um, what am I doing this for? Yeah. You know, and going back to that, saying my investment creates a way for me to make money. Yep. That's what we have to look at. And and knowing all the time where your money's at. I, that's why I manage my own money. Mm-hmm. I don't let, like, I don't have a company that just writes the paychecks and does all the things. I know how much I pay my employees. I know how much each employee makes. I write those checks. I write the checks to my, my companies that I do product for. Because I need to know exactly how much money is coming in and how much money is going out. Mm. And if you don't know that and you're blind in that, you're going to lose money. Yeah. Because a person who doesn't do that and, you know, they have credit cards all over the place or people, other people spending money, other people don't care about your money as much as you care about your money. That's right. They just don't. Yeah. So you give someone an opportunity to spend your money, they don't care about it as much as you care about your money. Yeah. And so that's why I like to control it. And, and my wife helps me with the control of that, of the finances, because I want to see that I know where my money's going. Yeah. Therefore, I can have that, that work for me. It can have it, you know, save up to where I can invest something else. Yeah. Um, we're cash flow people. So like when we started Northwest State, the idea was to cash flow that business so that we... All cash in. That means our expenses are extremely low. We don't have a building payment. We don't have yep. a business payment. We don't have all that stuff. It just so if, if we're not doing well the first year, because you're not gonna do well. Right. <laughs> startups don't do well. You have to wait till two and three and four years before you actually seen uh, you know Profit. good profitable margin. Because you're working your tail off the whole time. So my idea is hey, cash flow what you got, you know, and work through it. Yeah. And keep your bills low. And once you keep your bills low, you you'll see some income, but then you'll still you'll start seeing some real income in the 2 3 4 years yeah. down the road. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's the intentionality and protect uh, and, and the protective nature of your finances. Yeah, uh, it's it's all of this speaks to intentionality. Now, last thing I want to ask you, um, it, it is about something you said earlier. People wanting to get started, they don't have a plan. They don't have to start up cash. They're they're more or less just hyped up and have a decent idea maybe yeah. <laughs> and but on the flip side of that though a lot of people don't start businesses because they wait too long they think they need to plan everything right. they need to save a hundred thousand five hundred thousand dollars some people fail to realize that you can just start small absolutely you can start small. It doesn't need to be huge. You can, and then build from there because, like you said, you're, when you cash flow a business, you, w- to be honest with you, that's that's how we build Holy Hill. Yeah, cash flow positive. Take that money, reinvest it constantly. Right, right, right. And so you can do that and grow from profit margin. But when you try to start big right. and then grow from a deficit, the deficit just gets bigger. And it's that's a lot right. harder to find that green at the end of the month. I am all in on growing slow. You grow slow, that's when you grow sustainability. That's good, yeah. You grow slow, you have sustainability for the future. You grow fast, most of the time you can't handle what's coming at you. Good book, $100 Startup. $100 Startup. $100 Startup. I read this book, oh my gosh, it was a while ago. And it was such a cool book because it literally talks about, you have $100 in your pocket, how can you start a business Mm. with $100? And so... I'm, I love that idea. feels it's, impossible. It does. <laughs> well, especially this day and age, $100 yeah, right. doesn't buy you very much. <laughs> yeah. But it's the idea of, okay, well, maybe $100 is $1,000. Mm. In this market and the way people are, you can save $1,000. You should be able to save $1,000. Yeah. Now, 50000 I get it. That's tough. Mm. But you should be able to save $1,000. Mm. What can I do with $1,000? You know? Can I buy a hot dog cart and start mm-hmm. selling hot dogs? You know, how many hot dogs do I have to sell to see my $1,000 back versus, okay, I'm starting. Then once I get that much done, I can buy a bigger hot dog cart. Mm-hmm. And obviously hot dogs are just a thing. But anything like yeah. that, you know, podcasting, what equipment can I buy with $1,000 to start podcasting? Obviously, yeah. you start podcasting. Mm-hmm. You know, do it. Mm-hmm. Don't Don't wait. Because I'm telling you, this time goes fast. I did, I never knew I'd look back and go, "Holy moly!" I, my kids are growing and yeah. out of the house, and it, it's, it gets nuts, yeah. you know, especially with your time. So, don't don't wait. Yeah. You can't wait, and you can't you know say, "Hey, I don't have the budget for it." Start with something little, yeah, and then create sustainability and, and growth. Absolutely, because as soon as you put put it this way, if you can't sell a product or whatever service that you're offering. That's a telling sign you should get back out of business. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. find somebody's don't, job. Yeah, don't do something. And when you do sell, take the profit as if it's an expense. Save it yeah. to then reinvest to grow and to scale. So, look, man, I appreciate everything you're saying, man. I love your right insight on. on just business leadership, um, just the practicalities of business and scaling and those growing pains that you talked about, man. Um, I think a lot of people are going to benefit from uh, that conversation specifically. Anything else that you want to share with the audience before we get out of here, man? No, I just really appreciate you doing what you do. And, Thank you, know, you, man. It's really good stuff for the community, for the people around, for the small businesses. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Right on. Well, man, I got actually I'm a bonus question real quick. What to date is your favorite? I see a Black Panther shirt on you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your favorite movie right now? And what was your favorite movie when you were a kid? 
My favorite movie is and always will be Star Wars A New Hope. That's Let's my, go. That's my wow. Right off the top. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not hard because like I, I'm a Star Wars guy, but I've watched, I, I could literally watch that movie every night. Okay. And I, I have a lot. You know what I mean? Like when I get down, I'm like, I'm starting Star Wars. I can Wars see on. you deciding whether or not you Star wanted to say Wars. that on this podcast you know right I mean? now. Yeah. 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 That puts me in a demographic, bro. Yeah, I feel you. Like, like, it's like, oh, he's one of those he's guys. He's one of those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. I just love when we grew up, that's what we watched is Star okay. Wars, man. We were Star Wars people. And Star Wars was the the Marvel comics before, like movies, yeah. before Marvel comic movies came out. You know, there was yeah. Marvel comic books, but right. there was no Marvel movies right. until Iron Man and. And uh, all those, but then, but Star Wars, man, that was like yeah. super yeah. high tech, and yeah. I just love where the sci-fi superhero, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and I, 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 we went to Disney last year for my my daughter's Make a Wish, oh yeah, 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 and we went into the the Millennium Falcon and all this <laughs> stuff. I was like, this <laughs> is <laughs> crazy, dude. <laughs> this is cool. Who enjoyed it more? I, <laughs> you, I did. You, you, you know, I was like, this is awesome. You know. <laughs> And I had these stormtroopers coming up to me. I'm like, "What's up? What's you know up?" What I mean? <laughs> Picture, we're great. We're no yeah. <laughs> man, we just went to um, Universal, man, and we spent way too much time in Harry Potter world. We spent way too much time. Yeah, yeah. And, we like those movies. And it's like when we were there, it's like 75 percent adults. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, okay. I don't feel so bad." Yeah, anymore. we went there. We went there. That was part of the Make a Wish too. Yeah, we went there, and I was like, "All right." Um, I was looking at the checkbook. I'm like. You guys want to get wands? I'm like, holy moly, those suckers are expensive, Dude, man. Yes, they so are. We bought like seven wands, and I'm like, oh, this is stupid, man. <laughs> but I got Hagrid's wand. Did you get Hagrid's? Yeah, because I'm like, bro. I'm Hagrid, you You're know? Hagrid, <laughs> I'm Hagrid. We need to get a wig for you and like a big clip. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing, bro. That's ridiculous. Well, look, man, again, I appreciate your time. Not yeah, to right digress on. down another rabbit hole, man. I appreciate you. Let's do this again soon, man. Yeah, sounds good.